On today's show, the Yankees beat the Rays in exciting fashion. Garrett Cole nearly had a historic night. Clay Holmes' historic streak comes to an end. Manny Ramirez said something about Derek Jeter that we need to discuss. And there was a tweet from a fan of another team that set me off this morning. It's something that gets said a lot by fans around baseball, and it's something that needs to stop. So all of that is next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, Yankee fans. It's the first day of summer. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. I'm a lapsed baseball writer turned podcast host, and I'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the like button and the bell so you're notified whenever our videos go live. Also, feel free to comment. I will try to answer those comments. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So last night, Garrett Cole, let's just say I was surprised. Only because of his history against the Rays, which up until this season wasn't that great. Playing in Tropicana Field, you know how the Yankees like to not do well there the last few years. And last night was one of those games that felt really good, then felt not awful, just felt like a disappointment. And then it got really good again, and they ended up winning their 50th game of the season. Just like we all predicted. Yankees are 50 and 17, thanks to that big performance by Garrett Cole. Seven and one-third innings, one hit, one run, three walks, 12 strikeouts. Yeah, his ERA is down to pi. I shouldn't have to tell you the number. You should know what pi is, but just in case you don't know, 3.14. And yes, I know, pi has a whole bunch of other digits after that, but we know it is 3.14. He threw 111 pitches. I think he had 103 heading into the eighth inning when he lost the no-hitter, so it didn't feel like a feasible goal, you know? It felt like it was probably going to end at some point. But hell, that, that was a great pitching performance. The ump was a little generous with his zone and a little ungenerous on the other side. There, there were some questionable calls going both ways. And apparently the ump, Ryan Blakeney, was the same guy who called uh, Detmer's no-hitter for the Angels. When was that? May? Was that May or was that April? I don't know. What is time? So his zone was a little generous, but good pitchers take advantage of that. And Garrett Cole was painting the corners and just, you know, his slider looked great. He threw 27 of them. We'll go through that too. 64 seamers, 27 sliders, 
10 change-ups, 8 knuckle curves, 6 cutters up from the last time he pitched. Because I told you this on the show after his game against Minnesota. They kind of victimized him a little bit with the cutter. Two home runs off that pitch. So he's bringing it back a little bit into his repertoire. But 30 swings and misses. No, excuse me. 30 swings, 10 whiffs on the four seam, 12 swings, five whiffs on the slider. And this is according to Baseball Savant. This is where I'm getting my info from. I'm looking at the Chromebook that's right there. It's my mom's. She never uses it. Thank you, mom, for having that. Now, the interesting thing that stuck out to me while looking at these numbers, his four-seamer for the season averages 97.6. And last night, it was it was averaging 97.1, so it was down 0.5 miles per hour. The slider was up 0.8 miles per hour, averages 88.1. Last night, the average was 88.9. His changeup was down, his knuckle curve was down, the cutter was up. The cutter was up almost by a full mile per hour. So I just found that interesting. It's neither here nor there, but... It was something about the numbers kind of stuck out to me. Now, I don't know how to look at um, spin rates, but according to this, like I don't know the numbers and I don't get that stuff, but according to this, his average last night was down by 42 on the four seam. His average for the year is 2,452, and it was 2,410 last night. The max was 2550 uh 2542. So, yeah, I don't really get that, so I don't want to misspeak, but it seemed to be down. The change-ups spins were actually up. Knuckle curve down, cutter down, slider up, but only by one revolution. <laughs> Is that what that is? The average is 25.79 on a slider. The average for last night with those 27 sliders that he threw was 25.80. So interesting. Now, as I mentioned, Clay Holmes, his streak came to an end, but it wasn't a complete meltdown. It was only one run, but it did raise his ERA from a 0.28 to a 0.55. Womp, womp. And it was for his first blown, blown save of the season. But Aaron Hicks... Had a well-timed triple in the top of the ninth. Uh, oh, and the Yankees were 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. So, <laughs> yeah, that triple came at the right time. And Josh Donaldson was already running. So that helped, too. And Glaber doubles Torres had a double. Uh, what? Glaber doubles Torres had another double last night. Anthony Rizzo, another home run. He's up to 19, so his next one will be a nice milestone there. And yeah, you know, good for a while. That eighth inning was a bummer. You know, Cole loses the no-hitter. Holmes loses his streak. But then Hicks picks everything up. Yankees score another run to make it 4-2. That's a little more comfortable. And then Wandy Peralta comes in, shuts the door. He gets the win because of the... Um, because of the Hicks triple. And yeah, Yankees win 4-2. So they're doing pretty well so far. 
the sweep against the Rays, two out of three against the Jays, the first one against the Rays in Tropicana Field. Good sign, because as I said at the beginning of the segment, kind of iffy in Tropicana Field the last few years. So that's good. That's good. So we will preview tonight's game in a moment. We'll talk about pitching matchups if they're up, because earlier Tampa did not have their starter up. And we'll talk about Nestor Cortez. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning while waiting for the person behind the counter to order the part on their computer but choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer, no matter who you are. They have everything you could need, from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. Mm. One live NBA draft show is not enough for Locked On. The entire NBA channel is going live on NBA draft night. So if you have a favorite NBA team, make sure you subscribe now to their Locked On YouTube channel so you get notified when they go live on NBA draft night. So if you're like me and you're a Knicks fan, you're going to be paying attention to the draft or you're just going to be not paying attention because the Knicks always seem to mess that up. Just kidding. Am I kidding? No, I'm not kidding. The Knicks are a tire fire, as usual. So tonight, it is Nestor Cortez against... It's still TBD. Are these guys kidding me? It's 1 p.m. What are you doing? Okay, so we don't know who's pitching for the Rays, still. How dare you? But we know that Nestor Cortez is pitching for the Yankees. Nestor Cortez is one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball right now. He's 6-2 with a 1.94 ERA, 75 strikeouts. Oh, it popped up. Jalen Beeks. He's starting. Okay, good. Thank you. It didn't say it on the main page of Yankees.com, but then when I clicked on the preview, there Jalen Beeks' picture is. Okay, so Nestor Cortez against... Raise batters. Kevin Kiermeyer and Manny Margot, who was injured on Hicks's triple, usually do well against Cortez, but they're both injured, so don't expect to see them in the lineup. And I f- believe that Margot is going to be out a while. He messed up his knee pretty badly. Yandy Diaz does well against Cortez in 15 at bats. He has the most at bats out of every Ray. 267, but he has a home run and three runs batted in. But he's the only one that has a home run. As for Jalen Beeks, he's 1-1 one one with a 1.29 ERA, 33 strikeouts. Let's see. Aaron Judge has the most at-bats against Jalen Beeks. 429, no home runs. DJ LeMahieu has a home run against him with three runs batted in. That's only in four at-bats, and he's batting 500. So there aren't a lot of at-bats against Jalen Beeks. 
And I'm assuming because it's the Rays and because of how they operate, yeah, this will be a bullpen game. He pitched two innings against the Yankees on the 16th. No runs, no hits, one strikeout. Pitched one inning against Minnesota and two-thirds of an inning against Minnesota the night before that. So, yes, it'll be a bullpen game for the Rays tonight. Hopefully it won't be a bullpen game for the Yankees with Nestor Cortez starting. And then on Wednesday, it's going to be Jordan Montgomery and Shane Boz. I said his name wrong the other day. It's not Baz with my bad New York accent. It's Boz. My apologies, Shane. Jordan Montgomery is having a good season. And I feel like he's not getting enough praise for having that good season. But that might actually work in his favor. Because being a Yankee has to be stressful. And being a Yankee on a team that's really good and doing well under the radar might be better for Jordan Montgomery. He's 3-2 and two with a 2.72 ERA, 56 strikeouts. That's in just over 72 innings. So he's not exactly overpowering, but he gets guys out when he needs to get them out. So he does a good job. Now, the one Rays batter that has at least two home runs against Jordan Montgomery is Randy Rosarena. But in 15 at-bats, he's only batting 200. So he seems to run into them when he faces Jordan Montgomery. Margot, again, not playing because he injured his knee, but he does pretty well against Jordan Montgomery. In 16 at-bats, he's batting 375 with a home run. So, okay, no offense to him. It'll be better for Jordan Montgomery if he's not in the lineup. Francisco Mejia. Mejia, that's how you say it, right? Five at-bats, Batting 400, but he has a home run in those five at-bats. As for the Yankees against Shane Boz, not not a lot of experience at all. Um, Gleyber Torres has two at-bats against him. He hasn't gotten a hit. Anthony Rizzo has one at-bat against him, one home run. So, yeah, it's not a lot. And Boz is 0-1 with a four. No. Boz is 0-1 with a 5.40 ERA nine strikeouts he just came back right because he didn't yeah he's only made two starts his last start against Baltimore on the 17th he went six innings only gave up two hits struck out seven didn't walk anyone against Minnesota on the 11th that was one of those games I keep saying it Minnesota was beating up on starting pitching that one week where they beat up on the Yankees they followed it by beating up on the Rays um, Boz pitched two and one third innings, gave up five runs on three hits with three walks and two strikeouts. So can the Yankees get to him? We'll find out. We will find out. Now, as for the other numbers in last night's game, you know, I like looking at this stuff. Anthony Rizzo's home run went 410. And the highest pitch velocity was from Shane McClanahan, um, 99.4. Garrett Cole hit 99.2 and 99 on the nose. Cole had the most swing and misses, swings and misses, 19. McClanahan had 16. Holmes had six. And then the top exit velocity was actually Yandy Diaz at 110 on the nosey, as they would say. 
So Yankees win the first game against the Rays. They have two more. Then they play the Astros for four at home. They play the A's for three at home. Then they go down to Houston for one game as a makeup for one of the games that was missed um, when the season first started. The Yankees were supposed to open on the road in Texas and Houston, so or Arlington and Houston. So um, you'll see some of those games sprinkled into the schedule. So, so far, so good during this rough stretch that they're having. Some guys, you can tell, are getting a little tired. Stanton seems to be in a slump. Judge is slowing down a little bit. It's okay. He has 25 home runs. His average is still above 300. He's still doing pretty well. And Hicks is kicking it into gear. He's had a good June. Quietly. But he's had a good June. And maybe that means that his wrist is feeling more like 100%. And maybe we'll see a better Aaron Hicks for the second half. Contributing helping out the Yankees because so far the Yankees have had a bunch of guys contributing to their success in the first third of the season. We're almost coming up on the halfway point. It's almost here. We're almost in July. It's the first day of summer, people. This is when everything kicks into gear. So a couple of tweets set me off. One was the Manny Ramirez comment that he made about Derek Jeter. We'll talk about that. And then we'll talk about another issue around baseball that has bothered me for years. And we're going to talk about it because someone made a tweet last night about this issue. And I think it needs to be spoken about. But first, you know how our friends at Built are always coming out with amazing new flavors? Well, this time Built has truly outdone themselves with their new mud pie flavor. For the first time ever, Built is introducing the new mud pie flavor in both mud pie bar and mud pie puff. I had the puff. It was amazing. It was just chocolate upon chocolate upon chocolate with a little bit of whipped cream and some cookie crumble on top. It was amazing and you have to try them as soon as possible because the mud pie bar and mud pie puff are only available for a limited time so visit built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself not convinced luckily we save the best for last it's actually good for you all built products are low calorie high protein and low sugar everything is covered in 100 chocolate and they're still healthy, and they taste good. So go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I'm not lying. I'm not. The the Built Bar, the, oh, it is so good. It's, it's amazing. I really wish I had bought a case of it. That's how good it was. I would eat that thing twice a day if I could. Well, I could because it's healthy. So the tweets that I'm going to address. Okay. Now, I will say that my initial response to the quote from Manny Ramirez was obnoxious. But to be fair, I had just woken up. And it was posted without context. Okay. So the Sporting News MLB account tweeted Manny Ramirez with some thoughts on Derek Jeter. And the quote is, if you put Jeter in Kansas City, he was just a regular player. Now, if you look at it like that, you think that Manny Ramirez is bashing Derek Jeter. Now, the point of what he was saying was he was talking about 
if he didn't play in Boston and if he if Jeter didn't play in New York, they would just be regular players because you have to up your game in those two places. Manny Ramirez wasn't a regular player on the Indians. What is he talking about? <laughs> the the 1990 Indi- 90, 1990s Indians weren't just like a regular team. I remember most of the guys from those teams. What is, I don't understand what he's talking about. I don't think it's just Boston and New York. Because if Derek Jeter were on the 80s Yankees, I guess he would be like a Don Mattingly type. But Don Mattingly is revered in New York. He's not revered around the country like Derek Jeter. Because Derek Jeter was in the playoffs constantly. That's what it is. He was in the playoffs. He was a regular contributor to those playoffs. He won the MVP in the 2000 World Series. You know, 1999, he had a great year. Could have won MVP overall. 2006, he could have won. I kind of get what he's saying, but no. It's because Jeter was on a bunch of playoff teams. They only didn't make it in 08. 13 and 14 and he wasn't really around for 13 because he was still coming back from that ankle injury and barely played so I don't really count that year but it's really the playoffs that's what it is it's not just New York come on and then the other tweet that got me crazy (laughs) this is something that bugs me all the time and I just, some people really need to stop. Okay. Oh, good. He deleted it. Of course he did because he got ratioed up the wazoo. Some random Braves fan, and I'm not going to say his name. I'm so sick and tired of these Braves players not taking time to learn English. I'm tired of seeing this interpreter, Jesus, telling me you can't pay to learn our language. I would like to hear the players shake my damn head. Go Braves. Nice win. My problem with this is you don't hear them say this about Japanese players. It's always about the Latin players. There's one problem. Two, the people who usually tweet nonsense like this or complain about this don't speak a second language. You see what I'm getting at? Yeah. The Latino players who choose to use interpreters speak English. They just don't speak it well enough to answer questions, and they don't want their words misconstrued by the media. Hello? That's why. You see them communicating with their teammates. And sure, every once in a while, you'll see an interpreter have to go out to the mound because he's more comfortable speaking in Spanish the player. Baseball fans really need to stop with this nonsense because it's racist and silly. And again, you try to learn a second language and try to speak it and see how you do. I don't speak a second language. I learned Spanish in high school and I know some words, but I didn't do well learning that second language. And I admit it. Do I wish I spoke a second language? You bet your butt I do. I really wish I spoke Greek. My papu was teaching it to me before he passed away, but I was only five when he passed away and I didn't have, you know, the wherewithal in my attitude to say, hey, dad, teach me more Greek because in my defense, 
even though he was teaching me Greek, and I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but when you're learning a second language and you hear yourself in your American accent trying to say the other words, you just sound, you sound awful to yourself. That's how I sounded when I was trying to speak Greek. Do I know greetings? Yes. Do I know food items? Yes. Do I know bad words? Yes. But can I have a conversation in Greek with anyone? No, unfortunately. Which is really funny when I go into diners and they, I put down a credit card and they see my name and they start to speak to me in Greek and then they're so disappointed when they find out I don't speak Greek. They're also disappointed when they find out I'm only half Greek. So to the people who keep saying that nasty racist stuff about Latino ballplayers, please stop. Just stop. And then also you try to learn a second language and see how you do speaking it around natives and see how they react to you and see how you may possibly screw something up and say something wrong purely by accident. Now, I will say that this happened 10 years ago during the, was it 10 years ago during the All-Star game? Was that the Melky Cabrera thing? That couldn't have been that. Or was it the playoffs? Now I can't remember. But there was an incident with Melky Cabrera where he had someone, he had an interpreter help him with a post-game interview. And people were tweeting about it. Why can't this guy speak English? He's been here long enough. Yeah, no, that's not the right attitude to have, everyone. Get rid of that attitude. No, stop it. So those were the two tweets that set me off. Now the Manny one... Once I saw the context, but I am set off about the fact that there was no context because it was put up for the sole purpose of getting that kind of reaction out of Yankee fans, which I should have known better. <laughs> I should have known better. But again, it was first thing in the morning, hadn't had coffee, and I was like, <clears throat> so, yeah. So I kind of understand what Manny said, but no, it's more about the playoffs and the teams that Jeter was involved with. Not just that it was New York, because again, if he's on the 80s Yankees and there's no playoffs for him to play in and he doesn't get to be seen on the big stage, and plus it was different back then anyway, it wouldn't have been the same. On tomorrow's show, we'll have a recap of tonight's game. We'll have uh, anything else you need to know. Hopefully no one else will send any tweets that set me off. Or maybe... Maybe you guys like when I rant about things. Who knows? We'll see. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like and comment and hit the bell notification so you know when our videos go up. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. And speaking of podcasts, the first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, and the draft experts of Locked on NBA Big Board. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway, so make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your Tuesday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.